So let us begin with this. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Muhammadu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathiran kathira. From Abadu, as we know, the topic is the question of risk, ordained or obtained. And I chose this topic. And there is also a book of mine on this uh, subject on Amazon. So if you are interested in a sort of more detailed uh, version of that, you're welcome to get the book. The If somebody were to ask me what is the topic perhaps of greatest interest and greatest confusion among the Muslims, I would say it is a question of risk. Obviously, it's of interest because we are, uh, uh, you know, we are all in need of it. Uh, but it's also a topic of great confusion. And the reason, and, and the problem with that confusion is that it's not just some intellectual thing that I'm talking about. The confusion leads to Muslims falling into uh, practices which are prohibited in Islam and some practices which are not just prohibited, but which where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised his punishment, not only threatened, but actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised his punishment. And obviously, we don't want to go there. So then that's all because of confusion. So inshallah, I hope we will be able to uh, deal with that and clear any confusion if there is any. The first and foremost thing to do is to understand the purpose of our creation. Because if we understand the purpose of our, of our creation, then the whole issue of risk becomes very, very clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Dhariyat, and all of these ayat, I'm sure all of you are well aware of them, so I'm just reminding you. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Dhariyat, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقِهُمْ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُطْعِمُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الرَّضَّاقُ ذُو الْقُوَّةِ الْمَتِينَ Allah said, and I created not the jinn and the humans except that they should worship me. I do not seek any provision from them, nor do I ask that they should feed me or my creatures. Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all provider, the owner of power and the most strong. Now we see it from this ayat very clearly, two very or three very important things. Firstly, we see why Allah created us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he created us for one purpose only and that purpose is to worship him. That is the first thing to become completely and totally clear in your mind about why were you created to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no other purpose second one is obvious question then if I am created only to worship Allah then how do I eat what must I do to for my prov- Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying I will feed you I am I will feed you and I am not asking you to feed me and I'm not asking you also to feed yourself or any other person or any other creature I will feed you and the third thing Allah is saying, now the thought might come in the mind, oh, consciously it won't come, but the thought also is, supposing I tell you, I, w- I will give you a Rolls Royce. Then you might say, well, you know, does he have the money to give me a Rolls Royce? He's telling me, I'll give you a, how do I believe him? Does, is, he, is he capable of doing that? Now this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Inna Allah huwa al-quwatil mateen. Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar-razzaq. He's not only razzaq, he's ar-razzaq. He provides for everyone, everything. And Dhul Matin through his great power and he is the strongest. So three critical things are addressed. What is my purpose? If I follow this purpose, how will I survive? And if, I, if Allah is taking the guarantee of my survival, is Allah capable of 
feeding me and capable of looking after me. As I told you, obviously, as Muslims, we don't ask this question in so many words and we should not ask also. But this is this is the root cause of all the evil that happens in our lives, which is that we do not believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can actually feed us. Now, no matter how stupid that sounds, that is the actual reality. Now, what is risk? First and foremost, the very important. Risk is obviously, as we know, it's not only money, it's not only food. Risk is absolutely everything that we need in this world. Absolutely everything. So it's not just money or food. It's literally even the air, water, time, knowledge. You name it, everything that we need, including our spouses, including our children. Uh, all of this comprise of risk. Everything that a creature needs to live in this world is risk. Now, what does shaitan do? Shaitan does the opposite, which is what the whole time. Shaitan says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, As-shaytanu ya'idukum al-faqra wa ya'murukum bil-fahsha wallahu ya'idukum maghfiratan minhu wa fadla wallahu wasiyun alim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, shaitan threatens you with poverty and orders you to do shameful things. While Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises you forgiveness and great bounties from him. And Allah is all bountiful, all knowing. Now, two things in this. First of all, shaitan threatened with poverty. And this is a very common thing. All of us go through this no matter how much iman we think we have, no matter how strong we think our taqwa is. There is always this fear, what will happen tomorrow if my business sinks? Or what will happen if I lose my, if I lose my job? What will happen if somebody who is important to me, who is the wage earner or the or the resource earner of the family, if that person passes away, if they die, what will happen to us, and so on and so forth. So these are what will happen if there is a, if there is political turmoil. What will happen if uh, you know this government comes or that government comes? All these kinds of thoughts are in the minds of people, and that and that includes all of us. So shaitan is the one who puts this thought in the mind, and therefore. So what should you do? Shaitan says, well, do this and that. Now you might say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used this word, wal-fasha. You might say, well, I'm not doing any, anything shameful because we restrict the, the uh, definition of shameful uh, to things which are, you know, for example, uh, things which are physical in terms of the way you dress or, the, or, 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 you know, how you behave. But that is not restricted to that. Al-fasha, shameful things, the most shameful thing in the world is to deliberately disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If somebody is deliberately leaving salah, the time for salah is here and you are not praying and you are postponing it or you are not praying at all, that is the ultimate shameful thing. There is nothing more shameful than that. If somebody who is dealing with interest, borrowing on interest, lending on interest, when we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not only prohibited but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared war against the person who deals in interest, on his behalf and on behalf of Rasulullah what is more shameful than that? So shameful deeds is anything which is shameful. Dealing in, for example, in, in America, we have a classic case where uh, the 7-Elevens, the convenience stores, uh, gas stations and the stores, all of those stores, almost invariably, they have uh, lottery tickets, they have gambling. They have, uh, they sell lottery tickets, they sell, uh, in, in many cases, they sell alcohol, uh, they sell beer and stuff, in, in, in many cases, they sell pork products, 
In many cases, they also have a shelf somewhere in the corner with pornographic pornographic magazines on it. And if you and they sell, of course, uh, tobacco products, all cigarettes and whatnot. Now, if you tell them, look, this is all haram, they say, no, 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 but you know, without this, the business won't function. So effectively, you are saying that in, unless I indulge in haram, Allah cannot feed me. Now, what is more shameful than that? So this is what all from shaitan. Shaitan tells you, unless you do this, you will start. Which is, of course, nonsense. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, shaitan is the one who is fooling you. Stop getting fooled. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises you forgiveness. Minhu, maghfiratam minhu wa fadlan. And he, and he promises you his bounties. Uh, for anyone who gets a doubt to say, well, okay, I, I, may be, I may be forgiven, but I'll still stop. No. Allah is saying he will give you, he will forgive you and he will also give you from his bounty. The whole thing boils down to do I believe Allah or not. I tell people always just sit down in front of a mirror and look at yourself and ask yourself this question. Two, two fundamental questions. First question, ask yourself, will I die? Do you really seriously believe that you will die? Again, as I told you, it sounds like a stupid question, but it's not. it is the fundamental problem with Muslims everywhere in the world. We somewhere believe that everyone else is going to die except me. So ask yourself, look at, look at yourself in the mirror, in, look at your own, into your own eyes and ask, will I die? And if the answer is yes, then you, where, what will happen if you die? Will you go before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or somewhere else? And if the answer is that I will die and I will go before Allah, then look at your own life and say, am I doing things here which uh, are good for that time? Or am I doing things here which are going to put me in some very serious trouble? As simple as that. You do that one exercise, you don't need anything else. Now, we come to the question of risk. Take the questions of the Day of Judgment. Yeah, there is a, another book of mine, uh, Questions, what's it called? It's called uh, Questions, but what will we answer? Which deals with the three questions of, of Aqidah in the, in the Khabar, in the grave, and the five questions on the Day of Judgment uh, to do with our Amal. Now, on the Day of Judgment, Rasulullah said, the feet of the son of, of the children of Adam will not pass away from Allah, will not be able to move from their place until they are asked about five things. How they lived their life, how they utilized their youth, with what means did they earn their wealth, how did they spend their wealth and what did they do with knowledge. Now, if you think about these five questions, Two things. Firstly, all of them have have to do with only one thing, which is risk. How you lived your life is the time that you had in this world, the whole duration of life, which is risk. Out of that life, specific period, youth, because that is the period of greatest strength, greatest desire, greatest means to achieve that desire, haram or halal. Therefore, that is the question. How did you utilize your youth? Again, to do with risk. What means did you, where did you earn from? How did you earn? Meaning, what is the method of earning? What were you earning? And how did you spend your wealth? Again, risk. And what did you do with your knowledge? Whatever knowledge Allah gave you, what did you do with that knowledge? Again, risk. So risk is so important that all the questions on the Day of Judgment have to do with only risk. So that is the first uh, thing to understand from this. And that is why it's very important to be clear in our minds about what we do with risk.